are listening to the Sheep Guarding Llama Podcast for Saturday, March 3rd, 2007. This is episode 54. I'm your host, Scott Allen Miller, and welcome to the show. by the Dust Rhinos, butt-kicking Celtic rock from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Our entire show today, we're actually doing a special uh, Dust Rhinos theme. Uh, I just discovered them actually this morning as I was looking for new music for the show and uh, decided that they had a number of really good tunes I wanted to play that kind of fit together. And so we are having the entire show uh, musics being uh, provided by the Dust Rhinos. So awesome. As always, the music for the Sheep Guarding Llama podcast is provided by Podshow Music Network. Uh, you can find them online, music.podshow.com. And we actually have a clip from the Podsafe Music Network that we're going to play a little bit later in the show. And uh, we also have a promotional message from uh, the Lascivious Biddies. We've played them a number of times on the show, and uh, uh, one of the members of the band uh, actually has multiple sclerosis. And uh, as some of you know, I have done uh, work with uh, the Greater Rochester Area Multiple Sclerosis Society in the past uh, to raise money for uh, MS Research. And uh, so... 
we would like to play uh, this little message from them on the show and encourage our listeners to, of course, contact uh, the Lascivious Biddies as they prepare for their April walk to support multiple sclerosis in New York City. Uh, you can either, if you're in the New York City area, you can walk with them or uh, you can simply pledge money to support them. They raised uh, quite a bit of money this year. Uh, last year, their target for this year is to raise uh, over $50,000 for multiple sclerosis research. So uh, here they are. I will let them explain more. This is Amanda Monaco, guitarist for the Lascivious Biddies and Biddy Cast. In January 2005, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, an unpredictable inflammatory disease of the central nervous system. Please join the Lascivious Biddies and our team, Team Biddy, on Sunday, April 22nd, 2007, at New York City's South Street Seaport for the MS Walk, New York City, 2007. Go to biddiesmusic.com to join our team for the walk or make a donation through Team Biddy. Last year, we raised over $23,000 for MS Research, and this year our goal is $50,000. Any donation, small or large, is a big help in our fight. Last year, there were many small donations from great people like you, and those small donations add up and they make a huge difference. Thankfully, I've been doing well and living my life as I always have, but not everyone is as lucky as I am. MS continues to strike people in the prime of their lives, and its effects can be devastating. Visit biddiesmusic.com to walk with us or to make a donation to help stop this disease and find a cure. Thanks. See you at the walk. Life is short, you gotta keep on living. You take what you can get and you do a lot of giving. Beautiful afternoon here in Newark, New Jersey. I'm very glad to be back on the air. We've had about a five-month hiatus from the Shipcarding Llama podcast. The last show that we did uh, was mid-November, and it's just been uh, really busy. We haven't had enough time to be able to get uh, the show done, and so we've had to kind of take a break, which I really regret because I love doing the show, and we seem to do this. It seems to be a very on-and-off thing. We do the show quite a few times for maybe a month or two, and then we'll take like a month or two off. And this time we had quite a few, but then we took several months off. And really the whole move to New Jersey was just uh, a lot for us. And recently, this is the big news, since the last time we did the show, Dominica and I have sold our house in Geneseo, New York. And uh, that was late December that we, we kind of found out it's going to happen. And then in early January, we actually got the commitment that the house was sold. And so we have spent pretty much every free moment that doesn't involve really bad weather traveling back to Geneseo on the weekends and packing and sorting and cleaning and getting ready for the house to be sold. And because we can only go up on weekends, it's a tremendous amount of packing that needs to be done in, in a very short time. And when you're traveling from down here, it's about 350 miles from Newark to Geneseo. So we generally leave on a Friday night and we travel up from about seven o'clock till about midnight and we get in very late. If we're lucky, we were able to get in that late and we spend uh, all day Saturday packing and and a little bit of Sunday, and then on Sunday afternoon, we have to return to Newark. So we leave in the middle of the afternoon and arrive pretty late at night. So the weekend is very short, and we don't have a lot of opportunity to get as much done as we would like. So we have to make quite a few trips over separate weekends to be able to get any solid amount of packing done. And we don't have time to like look at everything before we're there and kind of gauge what we're going to do. We, we show up, we sleep, and then we just have to pack in kind of a mad rush. So it's not the most practical way of packing. So that's taken up a big bulk of our time. But 
but that is coming to a close. We have only uh, two weekends left after this weekend. This weekend just didn't work out for going back up to Geneseo, so we took this weekend off, and I'm able to do the podcast, which is awesome, and I'm glad I'm able to squeeze this in. And next weekend, we will be going back up and hopefully getting just about everything done. We're very, very close at this point. We feel pretty good about it, but two weekends is not very much time to get the rest of it done. So that's that's where we've been, and... Uh, hopefully the show will be back on track by mid-April uh, fairly regularly, and because uh, I've got tons of great music I want to play for you guys. I want to uh, get back into the swing of things. We had done really well with getting global listeners. I know we had, we had last time we looked, we had quite a few listeners tuning in from Israel and China and uh, all over Europe. I'd really like to get uh, an international presence listening to the show. Um, that's, that's really awesome. It's one of the really great things about uh, podcasting is the ability to reach out all over the planet, and we're you know, we're not tied down in any way to, uh, you know, being here in Jersey or anywhere else for that matter. So it's pretty cool. Uh, my father has actually got into podcasting a little bit. You can't tune in and hear his voice or anything, but he's, uh, working with his church that he attends, um, which is uh, Union Presbyterian Church in Leicester, New York. And uh, he's working with recording the sermons and putting them out. They're also on Podomatic. You can check them out there. Uh, the The web address for them is LUPC. That's Leicester Union Presbyterian Church. LUPC.podomatic.com. And uh, that's pretty cool. I actually haven't had a chance to listen to that yet. They've only put up uh, two or three uh, at this point. Last time I looked, it was two, but I think they've got a third one up or, or will uh, by tomorrow. And so, uh, but the, the whole world is starting to tune into the, the podcast phenomenon. Uh, once once the small town country churches are doing it, uh, I think just about everybody is. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty big indicator of how the market's going. In um, December, uh, we actually, Dominica and I, decided we were going to try out uh, some more modern, updated, cool uh, MP3 multimedia devices. So Dominica discovered, before I did, the Creative Vision Zen M, which is kind of their Apple Video iPod killer product. It's about the same size. It holds 30 gig. I think there's a new model out now that holds 60 gig, but uh, the one she has is 30 gig, which matches uh, the video iPod at the time. Uh, it has higher quality video. Uh, it uses better codecs and stuff, so you can fit more on it than you can on the same iPod, uh, same size iPod, and it's quite a bit cheaper than the iPod. And so we ordered that. Uh, she got it with birthday money she had saved up. She couldn't decide what she wanted for her birthday, so she had this money. And when she found that, uh, they had one in pink, and so she ran out and got it and absolutely loves it. It's the coolest thing. You can uh, really easily put television shows and movies and books on from like audible.com and pod shows like this one on there, and she uses it all the time. She uses it to listen to books a lot more than I thought she was going to, and she does quite a bit of watching uh, like television shows. Like We'll buy television shows on DVD and pop them on there, so it's actually like practical to watch them while she's at work or, or you know traveling, getting stuck in a hotel. You have it with you. You don't have to you know surf around, whatever. So it's, it's really, really cool. The screen's only 2.5 inches, I believe. It's pretty small, but surprisingly, even being so small, it's it, with the high quality, it's a 320 by 240 screen, uh, really nice LCD, and you would think that at that size it wouldn't be very usable. But in fact, it's actually a great size for, for holding in your hand. The whole thing is very, very tiny, very, very cute and comfortable, and a lot of fun to watch, and just really easy to use. It's a great device. I really recommend it. I think at this point, by the time we're doing this show, it's actually dropped to below $200 on Amazon. So it's not we're not talking a real expensive device here. So I was so impressed with that device that for Christmas, Dominica got me the Creative Zen Vision W, 
which is a little bit newer model. It's it's a bit larger. Instead of a 2.5 inch uh, traditional 4 to 3 screen, it's got a 4.3 inch widescreen, uh, 480 by 272, I believe. Uh, pretty phenomenally big screen. It's about three times the screen size of the one that she has. And the model that she got me has a uh, 60 gig of storage on it, and you can just load it up with tons of. But we figure uh, with converting movies to XVID, which is definitely the way to go, you can fit about a hundred regular length movies onto uh, the player and just carry them around with you and have them ready to go at a moment's notice. It's very, very cool. We love it. It's a great way to uh, get involved with uh, internet media and uh, uh, you know podcast and video shows. And sh- definitely shows like Rocket Boom look perfect because they're you know they're shot in high def widescreen. Um, you can put that on there and it's it's really cool to have internet television on a device like that. So we've been enjoying those and having a lot of fun with them. So that's one of our big things. In the la- one of the last shows I did, we were talking about PS3 and the Wii. Well, my predictions were sort of correct, but not quite. The Sony PS3 did end up not selling out. Uh, they are on store shelves, uh, at least around here. You can just walk into stores and pick them up, uh, and nobody does, because the price is too high, there's no games available for it, and the hype was just more than the reality. Now, they did, for the most part, sell out, and uh, that was not what I was expecting. I was expecting them to be available on store shelves uh, from day one, and that's not the case. They actually uh, sold out. However, uh, my prediction was based on the fact that Sony was going to ship about, I believe, uh, 250,000 units, and I said 250,000 units will not sell out. Um, What in reality happened was they only shipped uh, about 105,000 units, so the demand, even though it may have been significantly lower than what people were saying in the beginning, it still managed to sell out because there were just so few units shipped to the United States. So yeah, I was kind of correct on those. The The big surprise, uh, at least for me, and I think for a lot of people, is that the Nintendo Wii ended up being the big seller, uh, even though it's not truly a next-generation console. It, it doesn't take advantage of HDTV. Uh, it's incredibly not powerful, and from a hardware standpoint, just completely silly. The Nintendo Wii has really come around and sold just a an unbelievable number of consoles. It's been the best-selling console system since it came out, pretty much, and it's in complete demand. There's a waiting line every weekend at every store, pretty much, in the United States uh, with people trying to get the few consoles that are available, and uh, we have not managed to get one. We actually decided we were going to get a Wii, uh, even though it was a silly system. We wanted something new, and we've been unable to get it. We even have uh, some connections that can get one for us, and they haven't been able to get one for us or for themselves. It's, it's a completely impossible unit to get, which I think Nintendo has really done themselves a disservice because we're now heading towards April. The hype from Christmas is long over. People are beginning to forget about the Wii in many ways, and uh, you can't get them. They they took their chance when they had uh, a large amount of mind share and an opportunity to completely seize the market and be in every household and instead just drop the ball completely and cost their, their shareholders a tremendous amount of money. I can't believe how much sales was given up just because they, they decided to take December off and not manufacture units and even now have not been able to get a single uh, major shipment uh, out, to the country, out to the United States. They're not on shelves. We don't know when they're expected. And for us, uh, now that we're moving, we've decided that even if we can get one, we don't want to get one until at least mid-April. You know, we, we've pushed it off. They've lost uh, five months of having our money and five months of us buying games for that platform. And in the meantime, we finally decided that do you have a television now? We don't have television. We don't have cable. We don't have satellite. We don't have a tuner. Nothing like that. But we have a television unit. And we decided that we wanted a few video games and the PlayStation 2 had so many games that we wanted in the past that now are very cheap. So what we decided was the PS3 is not guaranteed to be able to play any of the PS2 games. And Sony has decided that uh, since it 
doesn't play so many of the PS2 games, they won't tell which games it will play and which games it won't. So if you buy a PS3, you're left in the dark, and if it doesn't play the games that you want to play, you're lost, you're just out of luck. So we decided that for the games that we want, because there's no PS3 games at this time that we're interested in, uh, but there are PlayStation 2 games in abundance that we would like to play, we decided to go the cheap route, skip the PS3 altogether, and bought a late model PS2 for $130, and uh, picked up a couple of the top-rated games for that in the genres that we really like, and we, we're absolutely loving it. It's funny because I've been uh, so against the PS2 all this time, and now, right as it's uh, been replaced, we decided to go get one, but uh, we feel that this is actually a good investment for us because we, we have PS1 games that we'd like to play, and I've never gotten around to. The PS2 games are dirt cheap, and the types of games that we like to play, adventure and RPG games, really don't age the way that other games do. Action games and like first-person shooters, they really need the latest hardware, the best graphics. That's what makes them worthwhile. But RPGs, it's all about story and g- getting the player involved and a cinematic experience. And they don't require the graphics and the sound in the same way that the new games do. So Dominica's uh, favorite game on the PS2 so far is Kingdom Hearts 2. She played Kingdom Hearts 1 previously. Uh, and actually, I think she likes the original better. But we, we have uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 for our system. She's been playing that quite a bit. And uh, the surprise game, I, I didn't know if I was going to like it or not, but I decided I read some reviews and thought it looked interesting and I would give it a try. And I happened to find it on a shelf. And uh, it was uh, Dragon Quest 8. And let me tell you, this is one of the best games I've ever played. I am totally entranced with this game. I love it. The graphics, it's a cel-shaded 3D, which is beautiful. The music is beautiful. The storyline is intriguing. The characters are interesting. The whole game is completely wonderfully put together. It's uh, it's pretty good for kids. I think adults will enjoy it. I think it's just a really good all-around RPG. And the, the reviews that I saw, I think, put it in, in a really good way. They said, you know, there's nothing groundbreaking in Dragon Quest VIII. It was just a bunch of traditional elements honed and tuned and put together perfectly. Everything's balanced well. It's fun to play. Uh, there's no downsides to the game, and that's, you know, it's not that there's, it's not the best graphics. It's not the best sound. It's not the best gameplay. It's just all the pieces come together right, and uh, I think they're right. It's, it's a really fun game. So if you're into RPGs, or if you're interested in getting into RPGs, and you have a PS2, and who doesn't these days? We were the last ones. Uh, definitely take a look, because I think you will enjoy this one. And if you're going to enjoy any game of the genre, uh, I think this is very likely to be the one that you're going to enjoy. So take a look. I think you'll you'll like it. All right, we're going to take a break. We're in the middle of the show. And uh, of course, our entire show, as I said today, is being brought to you by the Dust Rhinos. So we're going to play a live cut from the Dust Rhinos called New York Girl. And I thought this would be appropriate as we're living directly outside New York. We can see Manhattan as we're doing the show. So uh, here are the Dust Rhinos now. New York Girl. If you should ever travel to the city of New York, there are three rules that you should never, ever break. Rule number one. When traveling to the city of New York, never ever accompany a strange woman home. Well, it's possible you didn't know about rule number one. You're a kind person to consider a person a person weird with the welfare of others. You have accompanied a strange woman home simply because you are a nice guy or girl. Well, you are all right as long as you do not break. Rule number two. Never, never go into her house for drinks. Well, it's possible you didn't know about rule number one. You're a kind person to consider a person a person worried with welfare of others. You have accompanied a strange woman home just to be a nice person. It's completely likely that you have disregarded rule number two because after all... Well, whatever you do, do not break. Rule number three. Never, never dance the polka. Just to see a home, she lived a party straight and no 
the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. As we've been working on the show over the last uh, couple years, one of the things that's changed a lot is for every minute of audio that you hear, it used to be that I would do one or two takes recording. Uh, once in a while, I would record over and go back and, and record the show again. But now, I pretty much am able to do the show in one take every time. The thing that's different is that now I'm going back and I'm, I'm very heavily editing the show for pacing and for continuity, and I remove the dead space and I remove the ums and the ands and the pops and the clicks and a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't used to, to pay attention to at all. So if you go back and listen to early shows, I think you'll find that there's I, I spoke very differently than I do on the later ones just because I've taken out all the little mistakes and the hesitations from the later ones, and I've taken out the dead space. So the pacing, I think, of the later shows is much better. And I've also got much better at editing background noise and things like that because, like, right now, I'm actually stuck recording in a situation where I've got hardwood floors, so all the sound bounces around. I've got a washing machine running in the other room, uh, which is making quite a bit of noise. It's actually, if, if you can see the, the spectrogram, uh, there's there's a tremendous amount of background noise on the show, but we're actually able to pull that out pretty well. And we've got a computer running. I'm stuck in a situation where I've got a computer that has a bad memory stick, and I have to run diagnostics on it, and it's a little bit loud. And it's sitting right next to me, and I just don't have enough space to put it anywhere else. I don't have any time to put it somewhere else or to do it at some other time, so it's running right now right next to me, but you can't hear it because uh, we're using Audacity, which is a great program for doing podcasting. If you're a professional podcaster or amateur podcaster and you're looking for a tool, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg and it's going to do a really amazing job, definitely check out Audacity. Go to Google, put in Audacity, and there it is. It's that easy. It's a free download. Uh, there's a, a stable version and a beta version that you can download. I suggest the beta version, actually. It's got some nice features and it's pretty stable. So uh, give it a try and it'll directly convert you after you've made your show and done your editing. You can move it into uh, MP3 or Og Vorbis or whatever you need directly from there, which is very, very handy. It's, it's just a great tool. You should check it out. I actually had to come back and we're doing the show after that last break on Sunday, March 4th, because last night, Oreo, our Boston Terrier, uh, fell off the futon, and we have, as I said, hardwood floors, and it's hardwood on cement, and he didn't fall that far, about a foot, but he, he put his front feet down on the floor, and he kind of twisted as he fell, and his front feet slipped out from under him, and he flipped over and landed on his back or on his side. I couldn't quite see how he landed, and he hasn't been able to walk on his rear right leg 
since that happened. We don't know if he sprained his leg or broke it. He didn't yelp or anything. Uh, he was definitely hurt when he went down, but he, he didn't make any sounds. We don't know how badly he actually hurt it. I don't know if he just sprained it or if he, he has a, a spinal injury that maybe he's got some swelling or uh, we don't think it's broken that he doesn't, we can, we can um, massage his entire leg and there's no spot that he seems to be in pain with, but it, it's not a good situation. So we're not sure what's going on with him. He's resting comfortably now. He's sleeping on the futon right here next to me and uh, he's been enjoying the sunlight we have this morning. Is it is another beautiful day in New Jersey today. We took him out for a walk this morning. It's not as warm as it was yesterday, but it's pretty nice and uh, no, no jackets, just fleeces today as we go outside. So it's, uh, we're very happy with the weather here in New Jersey. It's a huge change over upstate New York. We're so used to all winter from uh, November through April being the land of snow and the land of ice and, and frigid temperatures and very little break from that. And here in New Jersey, on the coast, we're only maybe six miles from the ocean in the Hudson River and the port of Newark. And the weather here is so mild all the time. We, we have our we can have our windows open almost year-round. It almost never snows. It's it's warm and comfortable, and even in the summer, it's it's not that hot because we have the, the air coming in off the water. No wonder that so many people decide to live in the U.S. eastern coast regions because it's a little bit closer to the old world temperatures of Europe, where I, I think for people, I, I know most of my listeners are in upstate New York, and a lot of them have never lived dramatically outside of the western New York area, and I myself for a long time uh, lived in western Pennsylvania or eastern Michigan, which are in the Great Lake general region and have the same general weather patterns there away from the ocean, and uh, the weather is very harsh in this region of the United States, much harsher, I think, than most regions of the world, uh, that our summers are incredibly hot and our winters are unbelievably cold and have much snow, so much snow that, that few places on Earth even understand how much snow we get feet at times will be piled up all over the place. And it's just normal. We don't think anything about it. And we drive in it and we go to work in it and we go to school in it. And it's just the way it is. But when you, we, we talk to, especially now that I am in the line of work that I am, I have a tendency to talk to people around the world all the time. And people in other parts of the world will complain. Like I'll talk to, I, I spend a lot of time talking to London and Belfast. And uh, especially speaking to Belfast, they'll complain about how cold it is and, and how awful the weather it is and how much they wish they were here. And yet almost every day of the year, they have better weather than anyone I know. Even here in Jersey, it uh, doesn't even begin to compare to them. They get almost no snow ever in the winter. They're always in the 40s and, and pretty comfortable. And in the summers, they don't get that hot. So they, they're always in that wonderful, comfortable range. I mean, it gets chilly in the winter, obviously, but they're so accustomed to having some of the best weather on the planet that they they really don't even realize that 40 degrees is not freezing cold. Um, that 40 degrees Fahrenheit, that is. That a lot of the world actually has snow when it's cold and water will freeze when it's cold. It's a, it's a completely different world to uh, to feel that wonderful weather to us is is cold to them. And in the summer when we're, we're sweating and wishing that we had some break from the heat, they're in 75 degrees and loving it. So it's uh, <laughs> almost all of Europe is like this, that the weather is very mild compared to here. The summers are better, the winters are better. Everything is just more mild and a lot of the planet is that way as well. And, you know, Hawaii where it's practically 75 degrees every day of the year. But here in the eastern United States, States, the winters are cold, the summers are hot, and uh, it's, it's pretty brutal. And and when the first colonists arrived here in the New World from Europe, they were very surprised at just how harsh the weather was and how, how dangerous it was. They weren't prepared for how difficult it would be to live in the New World. Back then, it was a little bit more harsh because we were in what was called the Mini Ice Age, but it's still pretty rough today. Watch European television, and you'll get a really good feel for how nice the weather is all the time. For them, they're, they're in their major cities, and they have better weather than we do 
in, in Los Angeles and San Francisco, uh, which is, you know, about the best you can get on the mainland United States. Quite a shock going from one to the other. All right, well, we're going to wrap up the show. I don't want to go too long. We've been away for a while. We want to get this out there. It does take me about an hour to two hours uh, to edit down the audio from this and get it uh, all sounding good and professional, or as professional as we get here. We don't push the boundaries too far and uh, get all that excess noise removed. So we're going to play the Dust Rhinos again. And uh, our final song of the day is The Jedi Drinking Test. Well, I had one pint of beer I said I don't believe in you to say that's why I'm 